All right, I am going to start this, Alice, with a last second revelation. Okay. And this has nothing to do with food, but I guess it has to do with food in the sense that food has to do with love. Okay. So, just a few moments ago, um, we were, you and I, were talking about, you know, when we have to um, record the show, what, what time we have to do it, etc. Mm-hmm. Now... And it's a morning time, so we're both rushed, and sometimes we get a little snippy at each other because we only have so much time. Now, listen, I just invented something. Okay. You sent me a, a note 10 minutes ago yeah, saying, running out of time, if you want to do this, we need to start now. Yes. About this podcast. Yes. I was downstairs. You were right here in the mm-hmm. studio. My feeling was, well, wait a second. I was trying to tell you when to do it. Now you're suddenly in the studio. Now you're calling me because I was trying to move you to do it. Of course, you've had, um, you've had, um, you were up all night throwing up, of course, because you're pregnant. What's that called? Was that morning sickness? Acid reflux. Okay, but it's all pregnant. So you're, you're in a living hell. So to try to find our time to do it is tough. And so whatever. So I'm like, I was indignant when you sent this text saying, if you want to do it, um, we're running out of time. We need to start now. And Which is so, true. Right. But I thought, look, it's kind of like petty and pushy. You know, I was trying to get us to go do it, and suddenly you're up in the, in the thing. So I was going to send off something snippy to you saying, dude, I was the one try, trying to get us going here. whatever." But in my text message in the field <coughs> where you send a text, this must be left over from last night. Had, was the unsent message, love you. And so it occurred to me, so I just thought, well, I was downstairs, you know what? Instead of my snippy thing, I'll just send this. That's love you. nice. Because it was already in there, and it was there. And you responded, I love you too. And I thought, wow, how much nicer is that than being than sending a snippy little, little thing to you? Just saying something nice in a, in a feeling. And so this is my... And I think it's and I think it's brought us in a better place because I do love you, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that you've I have a meeting at this time, you have a meeting at this time. I have to walk the dog. We have to get the kid. You know, like all this small stuff. And at the end of the day, all that matters is that I love you and that you love me, mm-hmm. right? And so, how about this? I'm inventing this. Well, I don't have okay. technical chops to invent this. What if every day, in people's phones, to the purpose person they love husband wife whatever was default the message waiting in there i love you and you could choose to delete it and send something else but it would give you the opportunity everybody in the world alice all seven billion people (laughs) the opportunity to start the way with just that you know we may maybe have complaints oh i can't believe you drank like like i caught my (laughs) wife doing this week caught alice doing this week sucking down a whole gallon of milk with her it's a, with their mouth wrapped around it in the pantry, head high, just watching it, it, it release into her. Instead of like bitching about that kind of stuff, we could just be, we can start every day, or everybody can start every day with just a, a nice message. Don't you think that would be a great idea? A trend? Yeah, it's great. How come you're not. A- you can also do it without the phone telling you to do it. No, but I think it's a good idea because you and I, especially you, I get. 143,000 
threads of complaints from you. You're a texter complainer. If I do something wrong or ask you for something and I've said it wrong, I am getting, I can see them, I can hear them in the car when I'm driving. Because we've had like a, a mishap in the, in the pantry or something and then we go after it. So, for because you're a big phone texter, so this is a great way to start the day. It would be great to communicate with some people. Are you unenthused? I'm unenthused. Why? Because you can just say that if that's what you want to say. Yeah, but you can just say stuff too, but you you choose to text it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't need the phone to tell me what, you know what? to say. I'm not even I'm not even arguing with you. I don't want to be no. controlled by the technology. You know what? I don't need it to suggest stuff to me. I don't like when my emails suggest <laughs> things for me to send either. It's annoying to me. How do you know what I want to say? Even if it's what I want to say, I choose to say something else then because it bothers me that it would suggest something <laughs> for me to say. Yeah, but that whole the whole the whole period of Apple changing effing to ducking is unforgivable. And whoever came up with that in the Apple boardroom probably should be heavily punished. Okay, let's move to Something that is... <laughs> You're so cute. I have a meeting at 9.30. I'm not just being a dick. I have an actual time constraint. That's true. That's her follow-up to that. Okay. It's true. I'm going to be walking out of this podcast studio at 9.28 a.m. to go to my meeting. So, you know, get your thoughts in now. All right. So this inspires me to talk about... Something that hit me the other other day. Okay. That is some things cheaper at home. No, wait, no, that's not what I meant. That's what I that's yours. said. Mine is discount ingredients that compel you to make a major meal. Okay. Now, I, I'm inspired by this, and I've done this a whole bunch, and I don't know if you do, but I do. You probably do with rotten bananas, which you like to keep around. So, They're to make banana bread. I don't just enjoy keeping them for as decor. I have, I love you. <laughs> you know what? That's all I have to say is I love you. I don't you. need to be mind controlled by my <laughs> phone to express sentiments that I'm not feeling at the time, okay? Right. Well, you know what my response is? <laughs> yeah. Your phone has indoctrinated no, my you. Response is You've been lobotomized <laughs> by my your response device. Is, response is that I love you. Okay. Ingredients. Cheap ingredients that cause you to make an expensive meal. Okay. For me, these are like the Carolina Reaper peppers or... The hot peppers that I buy from Market Basket in the little plastic tins. Yeah. Which compel me to, like this week, last week, it compelled me to make the chili. Yeah. And making chili that I make is really an hour's, the prep time is an hour, easily. Right. So I cut up sausage, I cut up um, pork belly or and or uh, salt pork. I cut up steak, ground beef, if it's, uh, or, or beef if it's on sale somewhere. And this and that. And and these peppers. So these peppers cost a dollar forty nine. The chili costs like fifty three bucks, right? To make. So, um, it, it, but but the peppers compel me to make something bigger because they're just simply there, right? Now I would do the same thing with like um, if there was a little bit of um, like pesto on sale, maybe I might make a big. But that's just possible. That's not really cost prohibitive. But there are those things that compel you. Like I told you one time, I got I got addicted to this Thai restaurant sauce. It's it's kind of like chili sauce, but it's a little bit sweeter. Mm -hmm. And so 
I love the sauce so much that I would order Thai food just to use the sauce. And so, like, I make this chili just to use these ingredients. And, you know, I'm a rotten section guy, so if yeah. there's if there is certain things available, then I'll use those. I'll, I'll fixate on those just to make something bigger. Like, it, back to Market Basket, I've used the Market Basket... Um, they should be advertising, by the way. Um, the ends, the the deli ends, which everybody tells me are contaminated. And disgusting, yes. To make like turkey tetrazzini. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. And I mm -hmm. use the deli end turkey to make turkey tetrazzini. Oh, it's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. It's not disgusting. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's beautiful, Alice. It's cheese. All deli meat is like already on thin ice for me a little bit just for being creepy. And so like the weird end of it, I can't. I can't go there with you. I'm sorry. It's a true indulgence of human palate adventure. Mm -hmm. Is deli? I think meat. I'm more sensitive because I've been throwing up all night. So yeah, probably. But I love you. <laughs> I'm more disgusted by things than normal. You are. You are. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Move on to your uh, your topic. Well, it actually it kind of makes sense with your topic because what I, what I was going to say is there was this tweet that was going around where somebody was saying that it's not actually cheaper to make food at home. It's cheaper to eat out because they were saying, like, if I want to make myself chicken for dinner, then I have to go buy like a pound of chicken and I have to buy the rice and I have to buy all these spices and I have to buy all this stuff and it ends up costing me $20. Whereas I can go, you know, to the Chinese food restaurant and order for eight bucks a small like chicken and rice thing, right? I think. And like, and, and so. Obviously, there's like a quantity issue there, right? Like if you don't cook all the time and you don't have all the spices and stuff, like that's true. There are economies of scale. And like we don't so much run into that at our house because like we buy things in bulk and people eat them. But right. yeah, it is when you're like a single person living on your own, it can be more expensive to make a whole bunch of food for one serving of something then it, it that in the rest of it goes bad than it is for you to just buy one serving at, of it takeout oh, especially if you like if you go to a mcdonald's and order off what used to be the dollar menu and is now the one two three dollar menu right like right but if you order like lost leader items from mcdonald's like you almost can't beat mcdonald's for like calories per dollar you can feed yourself at a mcdonald's or places like that more cheaply in some cases than you can by making your own food at home. Well, McDonald's is is the great exception because they still have an inexpensive menu. Um, that said, you can certainly you get more bang for the buck. I mean, you can't. Well, McDonald's is, is an outlier because you can't replicate McDonald's, but you get more bang for the buck for cooking at home. I mean, chicken thighs still for four bucks you can get six chicken thighs, which ostensibly could feed you for three days um and they're easy to cook and hard to screw up and uh, even the even the boneless thighs if you were to use well, but it's, assume you're starting from nothing at your house right mm -hmm. like you have no chicken you have no salt pepper anything right assume you've never cooked before right and right. you have to buy all the ingredients to start off right and in that case, you might get more bang for your buck buying one meal at a restaurant. 
How so? A restaurant's at least 13 bucks for anything. Mm. Isn't it? No, one person can eat at McDonald's for like $10, oh, okay, okay. $10 or under. And there's other places like that. You can, I, I'm, I'm sure thinking of like you can Acme get. Acme Chinese food, house of food. It, that's, that's a different animal than that. <laughs> I mean, once again, I think McDonald's is different. Not everybody has a McDonald's too. Right. But you can go to like the standard pizza place and get like a chicken tender basket with fries. If you attempt to do breaded chicken and fries at your house, you need to buy eggs, you need to buy flour, you need to like buy oil. You need, you know what I'm saying? Like Well, no, there is there are chicken fingers prefab that you can get at the store. Yeah, but that's It's not as good. But that's we're talking about not prefab because we're talking about people saying, is it cheaper to make stuff at home or buy it already made by somebody else? Yeah. Even like if you think about the pre-made stuff at Market Basket, their Italian sub, while mediocre, is cheaper than if you bought all those ingredients in the quantities that they actually sell them in and attempted to make yourself an Italian sub. It's what, like five bucks? Yes. The Italian sub there, right? Could you, for five bucks, get all those ingredients and make yourself an Italian sub from Market Basket? Probably not. You could also, not. Also, especially since you can't buy one sub roll. Right? If you were going to make 10 Italian subs, maybe you could do it for under 50 bucks or something. But, like, it, it's close. There's a scale issue there, right? Right. So, there are times when it's cheaper to buy something made by somebody else. Or, like, they have rotisserie chickens there, right? Yes, yes. Could you make yourself a rotisserie chicken for as cheap as they sell them at Market Basket? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's almost at cost. As a matter of fact... I think those are a loss leader that they sell. I don't, yeah, I think you're but, probably right. That's but, such, uh, anything hot there is probably a loss leader. But I think that... So I, I do think there are times... And there's a, there's a tendency amongst like frugal world people to always be like, never buy it. Never eat out, never eat prefab, don't eat at restaurants. But I do think, particularly for people who are on their own, who are like one person, there are times, and even for us, like I'm saying, like the rotisserie chicken or, well, I don't eat that because I don't eat chicken with bones in it, but, um, but like the kids will eat the rotisserie chicken, like, or you'll right. get a couple of the sandwiches from the market basket prefab stuff. Or like the Market Basket sushi. You can't make sushi as cheap as they sell Market Basket sushi. There are times... I think that's right. As a matter of fact, there's some true. of the Market Bas Basket sushi, I would even say that the sashimi sometimes is would be more expensive to buy yourself blocks of fish. Right. So I think that this like tendency, people treat it as a general rule, like it's always cheaper to do it yourself. And I don't think that that's always true. I think it's case by case. You know what I mean? Like, it's like people almost cast a moral judgment on people who are poor and don't have money if they, like, buy prefab stuff or eat anything except, like, rice and beans that come in, like, a, you know, UN drop large right. packaging, right? But I think there's times when it's actually cheaper to eat the thing that's prefab or comes from a takeout place or whatever. Well, I mean, especially if you're willing to go into the rotten section, then you're paying oh, yeah. the house's money. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. But but I think that it's an interesting point because I think that, you know, even like with eggs, like we used to have chickens and people would say this all the time, like, you must be saving so much money on eggs. like, And it's like, no, even when eggs were expensive, it's like, no, 
No, you're not. The chickens are not a value. <laughs> no. I mean, because you're A, doing a ton of work. B, like the chickens eat a bunch of feed for like a year before they even lay eggs. And then they like they don't lay eggs their whole life even. Right. Uh, I mean, it's not... There's a, Factory farming makes things cheaper for a reason. Yes. Like it's not... We can argue about like the health or ethics of it or whatever. But like, no... Having chickens is a fun hobby, but it doesn't save you money. Like, it just doesn't. There's no, there's an economy of scale thing that happens that big places. And I think the same thing happens with like generic food too. You're not, it's not always true that DIY is cheaper, especially when it comes to, you know, small families or single people. I remember when I had an apartment and I like I'm one of five kids, so we had a family of seven. I had literally I don't think ever seen food go bad. Like that was not right. something I had ever experienced. When I got first lived in an apartment with friends and like my tomato sauce grew mold in the fridge, I was astounded. I had literally like never <laughs> seen such a thing because I'd never like nothing ever lasted long enough to go bad in right. a house of seven people. It just doesn't, and you know it. Yeah, and well, in, in, in for us, it's a little bit different because because our kids um, won't eat some things. And right, they get and there are waves and waves, and this is good because this is what I want to talk about too: is kid kid feeding cheats, and there are there, some things just go out of fashion. Like I, there used to be a fist fight for four kids to get bacon. Now almost none of them will. It's an afterthought. They mm -hmm. don't. They don't want it. Then they'll go into sausage, sausage patties, or sausage links, and then they'll move off it. They they just like. As I mean, a, our five year old famously will eat half a dish of something and then tell you that he hates it. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. He's just a tr troublemaker. But, but, but so there are things that, that just go out of style for kids to eat. So some of the things that you well, some of the things that you cook don't. But but the good thing is, eventually, if there's nothing left, they'll just go for the old stuff. So like like uh, leftover pasta. Which is always good. Um, that will move eventually. So that lossage is almost down to zero. I never have to really throw any of those out because after a few days, they're all gone, mm -hmm. which is good. And, that's what and I'm just really talking about just pasta with some cheap red sauce. Um, but some stuff, some stuff. Yeah, they'll always eat that. We never have loaves of Wonder Bread go bad. Right, yeah, they'll whack That's those out. Because they'll, uh, they'll sit, our five-year-old who has <laughs> braces eat. appetite, who somehow is not 300 pounds, he will just sit with a huge vessel or something. They'll eat, so there are times when... For, Do you know what he told us, by the way? He has a tip. He's coming out with his own, he should yeah. have his own food podcast probably, but he ha also has a food hack that he was telling yep. us about, which is that he feels that the secret to getting on full, if you're feeling like you know, you're starting to get full, but you want to keep eating like happens to fats when they're, yep. when they're in process. He feels that the secret to reopening up the appetite is to eat mac and cheese. That's a bold thing to say. <laughs> That's a bold thing to say because mac and cheese is famously filling, but, you know, it just tells you He about finds it opens up the stomach and creates <laughs> more. <laughs> creates more appetite. Well, certainly I think one of the... That's his trick. One of the great food hacks is, is like you've already mentioned, coming home with a Market Basket sub, the manager's special sub. By the mm -hmm. way, this is just, I, I just mentioned it because I go to Market Basket every every day. Just, I mean, literally every day, some, sometimes three times a day. 
just to pick up stuff. I like going there. I like shopping. I like food shopping. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just do. Um, and there's one close by. And when we used to live near the city, it was just harder to get to them. And so it's like the luxury of living up here in a different solar system is that. Yeah, that's the one thing that we're closer to. Right. Is market baskets. And there's different market baskets up here that have different things. Which is- Although the market baskets that are close to us here are not as good. The ones. Well, hold on. So the one closest to us, which is like in the Groveland Haver line, mm-hmm. is very pedestrian um Yankee food. So white based. people market basket. Exactly, exactly. And so there's nothing interesting. But the one down in the shady, dodgy section of Haverhill, that's they have got, more good stuff. Oh, all all the hot, hot peppers in the world. I like the Seabrook one. There's two Seabrook well, ones. Hold on, the one is a bad third and one, one is good. There's a third one on River Street in Haverhill, Haverhill which is a brand new flagship gorgeous thing with all sorts of hot food et cetera. that that place is an absolute charm an yeah. absolute charm i like the newer better seabrook one but when we lived in melrose i used to go down to the chelsea market basket which is i mean like oh yeah but i would go to revere and just park in the back that was living that was living because revere was new too mm-hmm. yeah but it wasn't how about the that chelsea o- one the chelsea one you do have to reserve two hours of your yeah. day to go there because you know, you're yeah. going to be in line it's, it's for a very, 40 minutes. It's a very right? Benetton International Hub in that Chelsea, and it's loud and crowded, and you got to get your game face on before you go into that one. <laughs> but it's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, uh, you know what? I'll never. You understand. can't go to that one every day. I'll never you understand never, the old one in Seabrook. Job. What is that? It's like I know. Just is that a promise that to uh, <laughs> like the greatest generation that they'll always keep it open? But it's a, it's a, uh, anyway, I like a mom. But these, this is very regional, Alice. So I don't want to have people feel like we're, we're, um, bon- well, branch so, out. Let's talk about the Cincinnati specialty we learned about on Twitter. I just actually, uh, if you, at the end of the show, you hear that Allison Bishop, I actually sent her a note asking her to explain that. <laughs> Some ballpark food that is, but, but what I wanted to say about the hack. For kids, the market basket mm-hmm. manager special subs are good because they come wrapped. And anytime you have a wrapped food that you bring home, kids love it ten times more because something's happening. It's like a present, so you're unwrapping something for them. So they'll clamor to that, even when it doesn't really seem, um, doesn't really seem like it's it's worth it to be honest. They're calling it a fried garlic bologna. Yeah, I see it. Is what it is. Fried bologna topped with spicy mustard, served on a three meal bun. But this is not bologna like we know. It looks it's like, like an inch tan, thick. Tan hockey puck, yeah. An inch thick. And I, I let me tell you something. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying that and I would eat it. <laughs> There's no sure doubt. You would. I mean it needs hot peppers and cheese, no doubt. But it seems to me that that's like kind of like having the sprayable cheese container as your specialty. Yeah, everybody likes it. It tastes good. But it's trash. I mean, this looks like kind of tra- trash food. Not that trash foods are bad, but it shouldn't be your thing. It should be a guilty pleasure. Late night or... Yeah, it's like having government cheese be your specialty food or something. It's just questionable. But yeah, it does, it does appear to be fried. It's like brown on each side and it's like a hockey puck of bologna. Like but it, which, uh, by the way, I appreciate. Have be- you ever had bologna cut thick like that? No, no, no. I've had. I mean, it, it looks. I would rather have. I think um, liverwurst, which is gorgeous. That that I have thick, obviously, with uh, mayo, white bread, and onions. That's gorgeous stuff. Um, 
So yeah, if you have a a snack food like a trashy snack food like that, first of all, tell us what it is. What is it for your city, and is it worth it? Is it that great? Obviously, fried bologna is good. It's always it can't right. be bad. By there's no way it can ever be bad. But is there something special happening there? All right. We don't know about or understand. I have one more thing that I wanted to ask you about because I happened across this article. This woman writing for Bon Appetit um, wrote a whole article about uh, she likes parm sandwiches. Okay. Parm sandwiches, as in Parmesan cheese. As in like a chicken parm. Oh, okay. Or a... um, eggplant parm sandwich gotcha. or like so they could be a variety of things so she says she thought she knew all the italian parm hero sandwiches within the five boroughs chicken eggplant veal meatball topped with sauce and cheese and stuffed on hero bread that was crusty and soft da, da, da. but then she went to a brooklyn deli where, called mama Luisa's hero shop in prospect lefferts gardens brooklyn okay and she had a um, an artichoke parm sandwich. Uh, artichoke is the thing that looks like a um, armadillo, right? Yeah, but like this is the artichoke heart, not the leaves. Okay. And like with that like pickled tangy taste, like oh, you know right. when you buy artichoke hearts like yep. out of a can. It has scrambled egg mixed in with artichoke hearts and mozzarella cheese mm-hmm. to make like a center and then um she became then obsessed with it with all the melted mozzarella on it and the tangy artichoke hearts and all the marinara and all that stuff and can't find anything like it anywhere else and just has been like trying to get everybody else into her artichoke parm habit and like is obsessed with it and keeps going back and like so that's my question to you is have you ever had that with a food where you like find a particular food at a particular place Mm -hmm. that you just like get an obsession with and you need to have it all the time yes there's two uh examples of this one was bibimbap on boylston street which i may have mentioned previously Mm -hmm. Uh, i had never had it before my brother took me you know it's it's a bunch of vegetables etc in a in an iron pot or a stone pot Mm -hmm. and with an egg on top with a red sauce and it just tasted peculiar i didn't my, my i didn't know what to think of it but then i fell in love with it it was like it was like hooking up um and then really going head over heels uh, for the person. And so I kept going back. I couldn't stop. The other was a 7-Eleven had this sandwich that was a turkey sandwich with a special sauce mm-hmm. that had a bread, which is kind of a wheat bread with a, like uh, with a nuts in it or something. Yeah. Um, and I got addicted to those. I got, I just, I love them. They were gorgeous. I used to buy them for, for guys I worked with too. It was just weird. Yeah. But that's like the lady in this article, yeah. too. She's like buying them for people and bringing people there and stuff and being like, you have to try this. I The only like time I can really think of is there was a, when I was at Tufts, there was a Chinese restaurant that delivered to my dorm and they had this thing and you're going to think I'm so dumb because, and I'm not normally like a tofu person, mm-hmm. but they had a General Gao's tofu hmm. and I don't know what they did to the tofu. It had to be like coated and fried in something. Okay. Because it was crispy on the outside with like that kind of general gauze like coating to it almost. That's interesting. But like crispy and then like all melty and soft on the inside. So it was just these like 
cubes of crispiness with the general gal flavor. Okay. And like, and, you know, with the broccoli in it yeah. and whatever. And I was like obsessed. I ordered it all the time. Well, it sounds delicious. Did it come with a dipping sauce or was the sauce just the, the sauce gao's was like sauce on it? it like a general okay. gao's chicken. But. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have big, big problems with people who call it general tsao's. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sounds delicious. Now, I certainly have had fried tofu. You've had that in Thai places with peanut sauce. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh my goodness, that's a winner. We we are. I mean, this house since we have kids who are allergic to peanuts, we don't do it. But I've actually gone so out of my way to make like chicken satay out of like sun butter that's made out of sunflower seeds mm-hmm. instead of peanuts in our house because I've like missed that type of peanut yeah, yeah, sauce yeah. flavor yeah, so it's much. Underutilized. Okay, uh, Dateline Australia bar that offered free drinks to women based on bra size comes under fire. Uh, there, uh, we would like to. Uh, there, it was a place in in Australia. There are many ways to get people to come to a bar. But one pub recently discovered a promotion that didn't go over too well. The Woolshed on Hindley in Adelaide, Australia, offered drinks to women based on the size of the bra. The pub advertised in their social media ring, "Hanging your bra is uncomfortable. Hang it up in the shed and let loose." That means you as well, boys. They explained their lar- their bigger the better policy, stating those with an A cup will get a free drink, a B cup get two free drinks. C cup would get three free drinks. Uh, needless to say, this got some pushback. But thoughts on that? Thoughts on this particular promotion? I mean, it's it, they're doing it for earned media attention, obviously. Uh, yes, obviously. No, no. Just forensically, forensically, beautiful women, regardless, are getting free drinks at the bar. Right. And if there's a woman with pronounced C-cup breasts who is flaunting them, chances are she's getting those Is free- a C-cup that big? I think that's that's the the zone where it starts to become considered big or can made to be look big, right? I don't know. I think C-cups can be made to rock and roll. I think so. Um, so... So I think so. You're getting free drinks anyway in a bar. There is a, already a black market where women shake down men at bars and get free drinks based on appearance, etc. Um, I also think that there are all sorts of tastes out there. Not not every not everybody like just wants to have big women look. All women look different for different reasons. Mm-hmm. To me, it's good branding for the bar because it shows they have a sense of humor. It's a little bit naughty, but it's celebrating the physicality of beautiful women, which is a good thing. All right, Alice Shattuck has a meeting to go to, so I am going to wrap it up here with my friend, Allison Bishop. And an old woman, named after my mother, 